God is moving on us. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, I want to encourage you that no matter what you are facing, God is in control. Hallelujah. And God is able. God is well able. Somebody lift up your voice and magnify the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Come on, God's in control. Well, preacher, you don't know what I'm going through. God's in control of it. He's got the whole world in his hand. That includes you. That includes me. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, and the world, and they, and they that dwell therein. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. I love what I feel. Amen. In this house, I'm believing that God has already started to do something great. And I am believing that God is going to continue to do great things in this house. We'd like to dismiss our Sunday school students at this time and their teachers. Everybody say, God bless our Sunday school kids. And God bless our Sunday school teachers. Amen. For everyone else, we're going to turn open to the book of Exodus, chapter 14 and beginning in verse number 10. Amen. Exodus chapter 14. And verse number 10, I believe that the atmosphere has been set for what I feel to preach in the house of the Lord. And I am believing that God is going to speak to each and every one of us in this house. The word of the Lord declares in Exodus chapter 14, verse 10, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. But notice the next part. Seemed like God didn't even respond. So what they do next? And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt is not the word that we did tell thee in Egypt saying let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness their moment of distress they started reconsidering some decisions that they had made and Moses said unto the people Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Exodus chapter 14 verse 19. And the angel of God which went before the camp of Israel... They saw him. They saw the pillar. They saw the cloud. It was there. What happened next? It removed. And it went behind them. No longer in front of them. They couldn't see it. The pillar of the cloud went from before their face. And it stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these. 
so that the one came not near the other all the night. Skipping over a couple books to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 20, beginning in verse number 1. Deuteronomy chapter 20 and verse number 1. The word of the Lord declares, When thou goest into battle against thine enemies, and you see horses and chariots and more people than thou, be not afraid of them, for the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And it shall be when you are come nigh into battle that the priest shall approach and speak to the people and shall say unto them, Hear, O Israel, ye approach this day unto battle against your enemies. Let not your hearts faint. Fear not. Do not tremble. Neither be ye terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. Where is God when I need him? Where is is God when I need him. Would you set down your Bibles? Would you lift up your hands and let's pray all across this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe the atmosphere is right and it is ready for this word to be preached. Hallelujah. Would you lift up your voice and lift up your heart all across this building? Oh, Jesus, we love you. We worship you today. Hallelujah. But I, I speak to the areas, amen, of uncertainty. I speak to the areas of fear. I speak today to the areas of doubt. I speak to the areas, God, where we just don't know. I speak to the areas where we feel faint in our heart. I speak to the areas of life where we're trembling. I speak to the areas of life where we are terrified. Amen. God, and I'm believing, Lord, you've got a word for us. Hallelujah. I believe you're going to fight our battles, Jesus. I believe you're going to wait war here today and somebody's walking out with a fresh cup full of faith and somebody's walking out with their head and their chin up high hallelujah in the wonderful name of Jesus hallelujah let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise hallelujah Jesus amen God bless you you may be seated in the house of the Lord Amen. where is God when I need him it's a question everybody's asked. Maybe you thought to ask it. There's people that this week, that question has been on your mind. This year, that question has been on your mind. Before we get into our text, man, we find the setup to our text. The Bible declares that for years, amen, they had been oppressed in Egypt. They've been slaves of Pharaoh and of the Egyptians. The Bible declares that Israel cried out unto the Lord their God, and God sent them a preacher. Hallelujah. I know we don't call Moses a preacher. We call him a prophet. But, amen, it goes without saying that he had to preach quite a few sermons, amen, to get those people up out of Egypt. I want to tell you that whenever God is looking to save people, he sends them a preacher. Hallelujah. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. But how shall they hear without a preacher? I know I'm the preacher here today, but I'll preach about preaching for a moment. Amen. Whenever God's looking to deliver people, amen, he doesn't send them an angel. He doesn't just send them, amen, some great sign from heaven. When God is looking to deliver people, he sends them a preacher. 
Amen. When God was looking to deliver the world in Noah's day, the Bible declares that not only did Noah build an ark to the saving of his household, but Peter declared that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. I believe with all my heart that if God, if there would have been people that would have heeded the words of Noah in that day and heeded the grace of God, amen, God would have kicked all the animals off the ark and saved one more soul, amen, because God wanted his grace to go forth, so he sent a preacher. Amen. Everybody's in church today hearing a preacher. But do you remember the first day you ever went to the house of the Lord? You were busted. You were broken. You were undone. And it wasn't the counselor that helped you. It wasn't the pills you were on. It wasn't the drugs that you had in your system. It wasn't the alcohol. It sure wasn't your family. But it was a preacher behind a pulpit that stood behind the word of God like the word of God in the pulpit like Ezra and preached what thus saith the Lord and something that was dead in the inside of you came alive. Oh, somebody ought to clap your hands and give God a shout of praise. It was a preacher, amen, that preached you out of your mess. In fact, the Bible declares of Jesus. Everybody likes to talk about, amen, what he did on Calvary and what he did at the resurrection and what he did at the ascension. But I want to talk to somebody, uh, amen, there was something he did between, uh, amen, the crucifixion uh, and the resurrection uh, on Saturday afternoon, on Saturday morning, uh, while he was dead in a tomb in a grave. Uh, everybody just thought he was dead uh, and the stone was rolled in front of it, uh, amen. But I want to preach to somebody, uh, amen, that that's what everybody saw by their eyes. But Peter recorded uh, he that ascended is the one that descended. Uh, he descended into the lower parts of the earth. Uh, and what happened? Uh, he went into the lower parts of the earth uh, and the Bible declares he started preaching. See, you think you're here today, uh, amen, because, uh, amen, somebody handed you a church card or somebody invited you. Uh, it might have been this week or it might have been 20 years ago. But I want to take you all the way back 2,000 years ago when a preacher was in the pit of hell, uh, just been crucified. And the Bible says that that preacher preached so good, he led captivity captive. I think we ought to shout and give God praise. He didn't just lead, uh, amen, drugs captive. Uh, he led drug addiction captive. Uh, he didn't just lead the things that are holding on to you, the fruit, uh, but he laid the axe to the very root. Amen. God, when he's looking to save you, he'll send you a preacher. And God sent Moses, and Moses came in and started preaching. He started talking, and what was his message? The same message we preach today. Let my people go. I want to tell hell here tonight, let my people go. You ought to tell everything you're facing today, let my people go. There's too many people in Israel that had accepted slavery, that had just accepted this is all that is, and this was all that will ever be. But thank God for a preacher that stood up and said, this is not acceptable. Let my people go. You ought to tell the Pharaoh in your life, you got to let me go. You ought to tell the devil in your life, you got to let me go. You ought to tell depression, you got to let me go. You ought to tell every wicked and every evil thing that's been fighting you and attacking you, you ought to preach back to it and say, let my people go. Amen. 
Moses was sent in to preach, let my people go. God warned him this was not going to be an easy task. In Exodus 3 and 19, God speaks to Moses and said, I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. Not by a mighty hand. Not by any works. Not by any might. Not by anything you can do. Not by anything. It's not going to be a rebellion. It's not going to be the people of Israel rising up and turning their plowshares and plow, amen, forks and everything like that into weaponry. He said that's not how it's going to work. Amen. Even if you were to rise up at your mightiest, you will not be able to get out of Egypt. Amen. I want to tell you, when you're lost in sin, not your greatest deed can get you out. Not your best day in the world can get you out. Amen. Not trying harder can get you out. Amen. You can't, you can't work hard enough. You can't try hard enough. There is nothing that you can do by works and works alone to get yourself up out of bondage. You know, there's even people in Alcoholics and Narcotics Anonymous. Amen. They have to proclaim this over their life. I am an alcoholic. No matter how long they've been freed or at least how long they've been away from their captor, they are like a dog on a long leash and they know it. Amen. That I've been clean for X amount of days, but I've just got to keep reminding myself of what I really am. And every day they stand up and they reaffirm to themselves that no matter how hard I try, I will always be an alcoholic, I will always be a drug addict. Amen. And this is what God is saying, uh, not by a mighty hand. Uh, but then he continued on. Uh, he said, but I've got a remedy uh, for those that don't have a mighty enough hand. Uh, I will stretch out my hand. Uh, amen. And I will smite the Egyptians. Uh, and I will do a work. Uh, can I preach to somebody? Uh, you, can, you can try, you can try, you can try, and it won't work. Uh, but if you can ever get, uh, amen, out of the mindset that with your hand it's going to work uh, and get into the mindset that says, it's not by my might nor by my power but it's by his spirit what a mighty hand can't do an almighty hand can do what your abilities cannot do God's abilities can do what your word cannot do God's word can do what I just come to preach to somebody you need to let God help you oh somebody ought to shout and give God praise Man, I thank God for almighty hand moments. How about you? I thank God for almighty hand moments. When my back's against the wall and I don't know what I'm going to do and there's nothing I can do and God swoops in with an almighty hand. When God stretches out his hand. When you're stretched to the max and you can do no more and you can stretch no further and God starts stretching out his hand. Hallelujah. God did wonder after wonder after wonder. I didn't come to preach about it, but every wonder, amen, Egyptians called plagues. God called them wonder, and God's people called them wonders, but God's enemies called them plagues. Amen. What causes us to say, wow, causes our enemy to say, oh, me. What causes us to say, oh, my goodness, look what the Lord has done, causes our enemies to tremble. Amen. I want to tell you, God was defeating every Egyptian god with every plague that he ever performed. Everything they worshipped, he was tearing it down. Everything that made them money, everything that their economy was built on, 
on, everything, uh, amen, that their religious system was built on, everything that their social systems was built on, everything their government was built on, what was God doing? He was saying, not only am I delivering the nation of Israel, I'm eliminating the nation of Egypt. Amen. God was saying, uh, this people is no longer going to be known uh, as a nation. This people is no longer going to be a world superpower. Uh, God was destabilizing uh, the entire Egyptian economy and destabilizing the entire Egyptian government uh, and destabilizing the entire Egyptian religion. Can I preach to somebody about revival for a moment? Uh, that in the fact, uh, in the midst of God delivering you, uh, God is looking uh, to destabilize Everything that has held you down in the midst of setting you free, God is setting you up. In the midst of God, amen, delivering you, God is destroying everything that ever held you down. That drug addiction, you can no longer, you don't, you don't have to be AA or NA. You can say, I'm an apostolic. Hallelujah. They say, I am an alcoholic, but you can say, I am an apostolic. You don't even have to say you're an ex-alcoholic. When you're baptized in Jesus' name, the Bible says, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The Bible says you're a new creature in Christ. What, whatever happened to you? Didn't you used to drink? No, no, no. You got me confused with somebody else that died in a watery grave. Didn't you used to party? You got me mixed up with somebody else. Hey, let me just tell you, I, I'm having so much fun right now. Amen. But let me just help somebody. It's the same thing when Esau came looking for Jacob. He came with all sorts of soldiers. And when he came looking for Jacob, all he found was Israel. Wait a minute. Aren't you the guy that stole from me? Oh, no, no. See, that guy didn't have a limp. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, aren't you the guy that robbed me? Aren't you the guy that cheated me out of everything? Oh, no, no, no. You got mixed, mixed, up, with, mixed up with somebody else. Uh, amen. That, that, was, that was somebody that had never wrestled with God. Uh, that was somebody who never went to church. Uh, that was somebody who never had a prayer life. Uh, that was somebody who never got a hold of Jesus. Uh, amen. But you're looking at somebody. Uh, my name's been changed. Uh, my walk's been changed. Everything. Everything's been changed. Imagine how excited Israel was. Plagues and wonders. Everything that God was doing, defeating the adversary, while simultaneously proving to Israel what kind of God he is. He's an almighty God. He's got all power in his hands. I just kind of remind somebody about the power that your God has. This is not a figment of your imagination. This is not just religiosity. I want to tell you the God that flung the stars in the sky fills your mortal body right now if you are filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. The God that created everything, the God that raises dead and opened up blinded eyes is the same God that's in this building whom we worship today. Amen. And so God's showing to him how mighty and how almighty he is, how powerful he is. I mean, I've learned that when you get saved, you can just expect, you can bank on it. God's going to do almighty works in your life. God is going to show you how great he is. You're going to come to church and you're going to get excited because of everything the Lord's been doing in your life. Anybody ever experienced that? 
Oh, how we love almighty moments. Oh, how we love when God rains down hail and fire. Oh, how we love when we can visibly see the definition of God's almighty power in play in our lives. Oh, how we love when God removes situations. Oh, how we love when the moments when God defeats our adversaries and he defeats our captive, our captivity he defeats everything we've been facing. I love those moments. The moments that, amen, God converts. I will not let them go to get out of here. You love those moments? I love those moments. When they so turn around so quickly that we can remember. Amen. Just a few moments ago, I felt like I was never going to get out of that situation. And in one moment's time, it went from, you better get out of here as fast as you can. Amen. It seemed as if my adversary couldn't get rid of me fast enough. It seemed as if I was like hot coals and the devil was playing hot potato with my life. And he had to get me out of his hands as soon as he could. I thank God for those moments. I thank God for those moments. Amen. Where we feel God pulling us out. We can see God at work. We can feel God at work. Imagine with me the excitement and the wonder the Israelites must have felt. Surely we felt that before. Surely each of us has been in a place. Amen. We've even sang it. He set me free. He set me free. Glory to God. He set me free. And we got to dance in our step. And we got to shout on our lips. And we got to hand clap. And we got to praise. And nobody's going to bring me down. Down and oh, what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He saved my soul. He healed my body. He saved my mind. I want to preach to somebody. Thank God for almighty moments. Somebody ought to clap your hands and give God praise. If you're thankful for every moment he ever stepped in, why don't you give God a shout of praise? If you're thankful for every moment he brought about a mighty deliverance, shout. Sometimes almighty moments are followed by silence. I want you to contrast how they felt when they left Egypt to how they felt in our text. They went from escaping Egypt with God's help, his divine assistance, to being chased down by Pharaoh and the entire Egyptian army. You'd run if you were chased by a pit bull let alone an entire army. They left with such excitement. Think about the high hopes they had. Not only did they leave, but they just got done. The Bible says spoiling the Egyptians. They, they were broke. Come on, somebody, don't shout for nothing else. They were broke, but now they're rich. Thank God for moments like that where you was busted and broke, and God blessed you. Hallelujah. Don't forget where your blessing came from. It came from Jesus. And they're so excited. And then as they're going, thinking about the promised land, the land that flows with milk and honey, and everything's going to be good, and everything's going to be great. And, and all of a sudden, uh, amen, they look behind them. And the Bible says that Pharaoh and his army are closing in upon them. Pharaoh had a change of mind and a change of heart. Amen. They had left with such excitement, and now they are terrified because they are not just able to run to the left or to the right, and now they've crossed the line. 
mind. They can't go back to where they came from. They knew uh, that we've got an, a Red Sea in front of us, uh, and we've got an adversary behind us, uh, and we got nothing on the left and nothing on the right. Uh, have you ever been in that position uh, where it seems like you're trapped uh, between destruction uh, and impossibility? Uh, is there anybody else that's ever been there uh, where you feel like you're, you're beyond trapped, uh, that you can't move anywhere, and, and no matter what you do, it's not going to work, and no matter what you say, you're not getting out of it, and you can't go backwards, uh, you can't go forwards, uh, you can't go the left or to the right. Uh, I know I'm preaching to somebody today, uh, amen, and you're thinking to yourself, uh, okay, God, uh, when you're going to show up, uh, all right, God, uh, when are you going to get me out of this mess? Uh, all right, God, any moment now, any moment now, and you keep looking in your rearview mirror, and objects are always closer in the rearview mirror, and you start seeing the adversary getting closer and closer and closer. That bill is seeming bigger and bigger and bigger. That doctor's report, it seems worse and worse and worse as it gets closer. And you're thinking to yourself, where is God when I need him? Would you lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, there's some people you might be there this week. If not, amen, if it's not you, amen, there's going to be a moment you're going to have to, you have to take this message and put it away in your file cabinet and pull it out at another time. And you need to let God remind you, amen, of this sermon. Hallelujah. Somebody pray. It's in those moments we wonder where is God when I need him that we start trying to encourage ourselves in the Lord. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And yet there's moments where we don't feel God. And there's still moments where we wonder where God is. I want to remind somebody that Elijah was on the top of Mount Carmel. He just got done winning a great victory. Fire fell from heaven without a match ever being struck, and he destroyed all. 400 prophets of Baal single-handedly. That would be a mighty revival. That would be a mighty moment. That would be an almighty moment. God showed up, and God made a way, and God made it happen. But you just follow the chapter. He goes from Carmel to a cave. Hallelujah. And in that cave, the Bible says he didn't see God. He didn't feel God. He couldn't hear God. And he started saying, he started pitying himself. And he started feeling bad about everything. And, and, and God was trying to get a hold of him and trying to get his attention. Amen. But he was looking for God in the whirlwind. And he was looking for God in the extravagant. And he was looking for God in the earthquake. And he was looking for God in the fire. He was looking for God in all these great, big, old mighty moments, but he didn't find God in the great, big, almighty moments. The Bible says there was a still, small voice. I want to preach to somebody that even when you don't see him, he's there. Even when you don't feel him, he's whispering. I've learned that when God does great and mighty things in our life, it is his way of proving to us how much he loves us. I thank God for that. Amen, it is for you to have a testimony of what the Lord has done and what the Lord can do. But it is in those silent, when he is silent and seemingly absent, 
that we get an opportunity to prove to him how much we love him. I've seen people fall and fall away and fail in moments like this. I, I have not seen too many people that fall away when God is working really strong in their life. I've seen a couple. They're just knuckleheads. But I, I, I've not really seen a whole lot of people that when God is bringing about great blessings and great deliverance, even and God is shaking their world every service and in the altar, they are constantly being rocked by the Holy Ghost. I've not really seen a lot of those people lose out and leave out and, and, and backslide and fall away. But I have seen moments where it gets quiet and nothing's happening and nothing is going on that they start wondering Where is God? And it seems as if it's not only did God go silent, but everything seemed to get worse. Hello, Job. You had a blessed life. Everything was good. He had a prayer life. But Job, you don't understand the battle that is taking stake uh, right now over your life. Uh, you don't understand uh, what is at stake. You don't understand the battle that is being waged over your life right now. And if you could stay, if you could take a step back and see it from heaven's perspective, uh, you would understand that God is not trying to hurt you, but God is on your side. I've learned that when I don't feel him, I trust in him. When I don't feel him, I've made the decision I love him. When I don't see him, I've made the decision I believe in him. Where is God when I need him, though? When you look at the Bible, not only do we find everybody going through that moment, you even find Jesus going through that moment. He's on a cross, he's being crucified. And in that moment, the clouds are getting dark. And he quotes a a prophetic psalm of David. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But preacher, I thought you said the word of God declares he'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's the truth. Amen. God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. But that doesn't mean there's not moments in life where you feel as if you're all by yourself. In moments where you feel as if you're forsaken. Paul put it best when he said we're troubled on every side, but don't get the trouble mixed up with what God said. Yet we're not in distress. We are perplexed. I know you're confused right now, but don't get the confusion. Confused we're not in despair we've been persecuted but don't get confused by the persecution we are not forsaken we might have been cast down in life but I want to remind somebody we are not destroyed I came to preach to somebody you are not forsaken where is God when I need him he's right there somebody ought to clap your hands And give God a shout of praise. Where is God when I need him? Deuteronomy 20, verse 1. When you see the battle and everything's rising against you and everybody's got more than you and the chariots are greater than you and the soldiers are stronger than you, he said, don't be afraid of them. He said, this is what you got to do when you feel as if you're about to lose, when you can't feel God, when you can't see God. He said, you go find a preacher. 
You go find a priest. You get yourself to the house of the Lord, and that preacher is going to preach you out of your prison, and he's going to stand up on your day of battle, and he's going to remind you, don't let your heart faint. Don't be afraid. Don't tremble. Don't be terrified. Let me preach to you the way the priest was supposed to preach to you. For the Lord your God is he that goeth with. Everybody say with. Everybody shout with. Everybody shout with. He goes with you. What does he do? To fight for you against your enemies to save you. Somebody ought to clap your hands. God sent a preacher Moses to remind the people, do not let the adversity or the adversaries cause them to fear or cause them to doubt. Everybody knows what it's like. We all get in tight spots. We don't always know what we're going to do. At least I'm the only one that feels that way sometimes. We don't know because in those moments when everything was so clear, you know, they call it the fog of war for a reason. Everything gets blurry when the battle starts going. I met some saints that were good saints of God until they got shell-shocked. I come to preach to somebody that's shell-shocked. Hallelujah. We have, a, we have a tanker in the house of the Lord. He knows what shell shock is. He's, he's blasted those tanks left and right. Hallelujah. Amen. But when you get in that place and there's bombs going off and you, you get rattled and your head and your ears and everything about you has got, amen, something going on. Amen. It's in those moments we can't see God, we can't feel God, but we can see the situations. You ever felt that way? You feel the battle, but you can't feel God. You feel the situation, but you can't feel God. You can see the enemy, but you can't see God. You can see the devil around every corner, but you can't see God. You can't feel God. We can feel the problems. We can see the situations. We can feel the attack of the adversary. But it's in those moments uh, we need to be reminded of where God is uh, when we need him. Uh, can I preach to somebody, where is God uh, when I need him? Uh, verse 19. The Bible says the angel of the Lord uh, which went before the camp of Israel, he removed himself uh, and he went behind them and stood uh, behind them. Where is God when I need him? He came between the adversary and the people of God. He became the defender behind you. He became the one that stood between the Egyptians and the Israelites. So now you may not see God. You may not feel God. But that defense behind you makes sure the Bible says they couldn't see one another all the way through the night. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning but that doesn't mean you got to keep facing your enemy all by yourself through the night where is God when I need him I preach to somebody where he's at God's got your back God's fighting your battles God may not be in front of you because your enemy's chasing behind you and you may not know what God's doing but God knows what God's doing you may not understand what God's doing but God understands what God's doing. God has got his back of his people. God is defending his people. Let's stand across the building and clap our hands and give God a shout. Somebody ought to clap your hands and give God praise. 
preacher, I can't see him. I can't feel him. Where is God? I need him right now. He's behind you, defending you, and fighting for you. We don't always, we don't always need God in front of us. Can I take away somebody's security blanket? You know that little stuffed animal you still got in your 80? Just kidding. It's missing a couple of eyes. Stuffing's falling out, but you still got it in your garage. When it's dark, you grab it. There's some folks, you may not do that in the physical, but you do that in the spiritual. As long as God's right there, and I, I got my little comfort blankie. Sometimes we use other people that way. Well, praise God. And as long as brother so-and-so's praying f- for me, I- I'll be okay. As long as, as long as pastor's praying for me, I- I- I'll, be all- I'll be all right. But what happens in those moments when you're all by yourself? As long as, they, as, long as they're singing, as long as I'm at church, I, I- I'll, feel- I'll feel all right. And then-, and then the devil attacked you on a Monday night. Oh, no, what do I do? We don't always need God in front of us. Sometimes we need God to defend behind us. Where is God when I need him? He's engaging in a battle with your enemy. Oh, hallelujah. Where is God when I can't feel him? He's engaging in a battle with your enemy to save you. Well, God, I, I came to... I came to your house and I, I came to find you. You should have looked on the battlefield. Hallelujah. That's for free. I came to the altar to find God. I couldn't find God at the altar. I came to find God like Elijah in the fire and in the earthquake. And I came to find God in the whirlwind. And I came to find God in the extravagant. And God wasn't in the extravagant. Where was he? He wasn't even at the altar. He wasn't at the church. Where was he? He was on your battlefield. I didn't come to preach it, but I might as well. You know, so many people, they get in this rut, they get in this position where they don't see God in front of them, so they just start looking for God everywhere else. But can I preach to somebody? God wants you to face your problems, not run from them. Hallelujah. I don't feel God. I'll tell you why I don't feel God. Because God's in there fighting your battle. And God's in there fighting your adversary. And you are running as far away from the battle because you've already accepted defeat. And you've already claimed it's not going to work out. And you, Well, I might as well preach. If you want to find God when you don't know where he is, go face the enemy. And you'll find God was fighting the whole time. God told Jehoshaphat, amen, when he didn't know what to do. He didn't know how they were going to fight. He didn't know. He didn't feel God. And finally, a preacher came by and told him what thus saith the Lord. Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. I'll tell you why. The battle is not yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. Where is God when I need him? Joseph, falsely accused in prison. All sorts of mess. Forsaken by his brethren, but not forgotten by God. Joseph, if you could take a step back. You may not see him or feel him right now. 
But God is fixing to set you up as the second in command of all of Egypt. Where is God when I need him? He's working things out for you right now. Oh, I wish somebody would believe me today. I didn't just come to preach a pretty sermon. I came to preach to the spirits of this area. Devil, you can fight all you want, but God is currently fighting, and the people of God are right behind getting ready to fight in that battle. The Red Sea, God was right there defending them from behind, and he was simultaneously opening up a way in front of them. Well, what about the three Hebrew boys? It's not fair that they were cast into a fiery furnace, but I came to preach somebody that feels like they're in the fire or about to be thrown in the fire. Amen. God, where are you when I need you? They're about to throw me in the flames. Oh, don't worry, son. Don't worry, daughter. It's all part of the plan. Yes, the, those three Hebrew boys, if they'd have never got to the fire, they'd have stayed bound up. If they'd have never got to the fire, the ones that threw them in the fire would have never perished. You don't know what God's up to. And just because you don't know what God's up to and just because I don't know what God's up to doesn't mean God's not up to something big. Daniel, thrown in a lion's den, where are you when I need you? These lions are hungry. Little did Daniel know that the lion of the tribe of Judah was standing over him. It didn't matter how hungry those lions were. They stayed back until the adversary got thrown in. God is fixing to set somebody up. But sometimes you've got to go through a moment of silence where you don't know where God is. But if you can hold on and trust him, God's fighting for you. And finally, Elijah and his servant. Elisha and his servant are surrounded by the enemy. And the servant starts shaking in his boots. Where is God when I need him? We're going to die. I'm preaching to somebody. You got doctor's reports. And you're wondering what's going to happen. You don't know what to do. And you're scared out of your mind. I've been there myself. You don't know what's going to happen. And you're wondering, God, where are you at? Where are you at? God is defending you as we speak, even if you can't see it. And thank God for a preacher that said, Lord, open up his eyes. I'm your preacher today to pray over you. Lord, open up ARC's eyes. Lord, open up brother so-and-so's eyes. Lord, open up sister so-and-so's eyes. Lord, let them see what's actually surrounding us. Where is God when I need him? First and foremost, he's with you. He's with you. And what is God doing when I don't see him? He's fighting for you. Let's lift up our hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray all across this house. 
There's some people you prayed this all week. You've been wondering, God, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? I'll tell you where he is. He's right there with you. God, what are you doing? I'm working things out for your benefit. I'm working things out for your good. I'm working for you. Amen. I'm working on you. I'm getting ready to release you from some things. Those chains that have bound you up are about to burn off. The things that have thrown you in the fire are about to go away. The things come on somebody. The things that have held you down and held you back for years are about to go in the name of Jesus. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? I'm done preaching. Come on. Come on for the person that's prayed in despair. Where is God when I need him? For the person that's cried out to God in their moment of desperation. Where is God when I need him? I'll tell you where he is. He's right here with you. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And he meant it. Come on, somebody, let's pray. Come on, let's pray as they sing. In Jesus' name. When I walk through deep water, Come on. I know that you will Come on, somebody pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on. God's right there with when you. I'm he's never left you. He's right by your side. And he's fighting your battles. I will not be overcome through the valley of the shadow. I will not fear. Come on. Maybe this is not I you today. Am not alone. Maybe this is not you today. I but am file not this alone. away. There's some other folks. You this is you right now. Singing to you. 